0: And I want to revive that again, and I feel that there are people here that have a lot of passion about art and about design, but there is no one to actually lead them, or at least there's nobody who can say, hey, I see you, let's do something together, let's create something.
1: yeah, hey, uh, I'm Johnny, and you're listening to The Reflections Podcast. Zdrasti, which is hello in Bulgarian. Fun fact did anyone know that the Cyrillic alphabet originated in Bulgaria? Yep, and that's where we are in today's episode. And specifically, we're on Alyosha Hill in Plovdiv with Christina. Now, I'm incredibly grateful to Christina, along with the other pals we made in Plovdiv Martin and Anne Marie and Nastya, Pavel and Chris. Thanks to them, Callum and I were able to stay in the center of Plovdiv, next to Alyosha Hill and the park with the dancing fountains and all of the old men playing chess. So today's guest, Christina, left Banya at the humble age of 10, along with her older brother who was heading to university. At 10 years old, she was living with her bro and two others who were also in university with him. So in this episode, you'll be able to learn a lot about the cultural influence of Plovdiv and committing to art school at the age of 10. We also learn about what she's been told about the communistic or socialistic times in Bulgaria versus the Bulgaria that she grew up in. I found Bulgaria such an interesting hybrid between East and West and has so many influences from all of the different regions around it and especially being based in Plovdiv. And I was so lucky to spend a good few weeks in Plovdiv with these awesome people and Plovdiv, with its cultural and historical heritage dating back 8,000 years, it's considered to be the oldest continuously inhabited city in Europe and one of the oldest in the world. It's surrounded by seven hills around the city, one of which we recorded this podcast, and the city itself has mountain ranges south and north of it, which I was lucky enough to explore. Along with its distinct Balkan Slavic personality, it's got such a heavy influence by Turkish, Romanian, Greek, Russian, and even the Romans who came in the second and third centuries. And for this reason, it's such an interesting place to visit and really is a a cultural capital of the world. And when we weren't chatting shit and watching movies in the apartment, we were out and about and busking on the street along with Pavel or dancing with Anne-Marie, or visiting art museums with Christina and Nastya, or listening to Chris play, we had such a fab time. And it was even lucky enough to drive Martin's car, which was older than me. And we headed off to Greece together and visit some nearby towns, which was just such a cool experience. Bulgaria really surpassed my expectations. And I got to say that was thanks to the awesome people, but also just the rawness of it and I had no idea how culturally diverse it was along with its really raw nature. I hope you enjoy learning more about Balkan life and Christina's interesting story and thanks again for tuning in to the Reflections Podcast. Cheers guys. Good evening. How are you doing today Christina?
0: I'm great, how are you host? <laughs>
1: I'm great, I'm loving life. I think this is a pretty beautiful view we're looking at and we have a very orange moon over there. I find this place beautiful.
0: It is. It's sad that I don't come here that often.
1: Yeah. No, you should. you're should. you right there. You live right there.
0: I know. Maybe that's why I don't come here often because it's so close that I'm like, Oh, it's like a place that's close to my apartment and then kind of take it for granted. Yeah. You know, if it's something that's like far away or kind of like, Oh, I want to travel there. Like Greece. Well like Greece, yes.
1: Yeah. We can romanticize travel that way as well. We can just kind of become really excited about new newness. And I think our generation definitely glorifies newness a little bit. Um with you see it all over social media. That's one thing, when you're travelling for very long it can be quite easy to take things for granted once you're travelling for a while. Be like, "Yep, I'm ready for my new place. What's better? What's next?" But
0: are you like that?
1: Um there are definitely days where I wake up a little bit like that and I should definitely Well, this is this is why I try and write uh, a gratitude journal. And every day I try write something that I'm grateful for. So I try and just humble myself a little bit, Um, it does help and I think the prime example of that for me was when we moved to Dubai, I grew up in Cape Town and we definitely took it for granted as a family and when we moved to Dubai when I was 13 we realised what we missed in South Africa, we missed saying hi to people on the street and getting big smiles back, we missed every morning going and doing something outside in beautiful weather and the Dubai weather was a little bit rough <laughs> um, and just culturally you just do so much outside in South Africa and we took so many things like that for granted. Do you think you you take things for granted in Bulgaria?
0: Oh definitely, but I think that um, you can uh, find out that you take things for granted when you go somewhere else. Because you wouldn't know uh, how good it is in Cape Town if you didn't go to Dubai. And uh, it's like you have to look hmm, for another place or just look at other people. For example, I've seen pictures of Plovdiv from other people, like photographers. And they uh, go to these common places, like not extraordinary at all, but they look so beautiful. And they're just exploring What do you mean by them. common
1: places, like tourist... The common tourist places to go?
0: No, I mean common places that I've been to. Like, I'm passing by the sculpture every day. And uh, I'm not really... Common for you. Yeah, it's common for me. But then I see people uh, that are like, Oh, this was so, so beautiful when we were in Plovdiv. I really like that. And then I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, well, yes, it is so beautiful. Why can't I see it that way? Mm. And when you... Um, go away for like maybe a few months when I uh, went in my hometown for the summer last year I told you about that Um, and where's your hometown? well my hometown is one hour away from Plovdiv it's called Banya it's a pretty small town and I don't go that often there and when I'm in Plovdiv I really miss my hometown and when i go to my hometown and kind of start to miss Plovdiv. Hmm. so we kind
1: of want what we can't have
0: yes exactly (laughs) exactly that's why maybe it's really good the thing that you're doing with um, this journal
1: oh the gratitude journal
0: yes because we tend to take things for granted or we just tend to forget
1: definitely and i think in a in a world of abundance um especially when we can see anything we want on our phones or be when we're lucky to travel and see so many beautiful places. Um, You gotta try and keep the value. (laughs) So that's what the gratitude journal definitely helps me with. But let's go back to Banya. So tell me about your upbringing.
0: Upbringing, oh.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it was great. I lived in Banya from the moment I was born to 10 years old. Or okay. 11. I don't really know. And I had a pretty good childhood, I had a lot of friends, and we were hanging out.
1: And what was your family life like?
0: Well, a typical Balkan family. Like, the mom is always cooking, working, cleaning the house, doing all the chores and things. And the dad's always working. And he's not really involved in your life, if you're a girl, mm. in most cases.
1: And you have siblings?
0: have a brother, he's 10 years older than me. He's a teacher now. And uh, he was, he is still a very important, important figure in my life because he really helped, helped me develop.
1: And when you say that you, you don't think your dad connected as much with you because you were a girl, did he connect a lot more with your brother?
0: Well, he is actually not, his dad Ah. yeah my brother's from another no my mom wasn't married to this other man Um, and I think she married my dad when my brother was in fourth grade but my dad really didn't see him as uh, not not his child Hmm. I mean my brother calls him dad like since I remember and there was this one time when um, our neighbor asked Asked me She was like Oh do you know That this is not actually your? He's not actually Your brother <laughs> He's your half brother Oh my goodness I was walking by, by the street And she was on her balcony And she told me that
1: <laughs> So and do you think That that would be common In, in a Balkan context oh. For people to be Very direct That's something That I've noticed um, I think The yes. more east you go In Europe The more direct people are Well
0: yes But that's uh, A good thing And a bad thing mm. Also Because from if if it's a good thing it's because people don't like you people don't just yeah. pretend if they don't like you they don't you know that they don't like you mm. there's no smile. smiling and then uh, they won't talking my smile to you yeah they won't be that like fake polite mm. and uh sometimes it's just it we can be rude i mean i don't think it's intentional maybe it looks like that to the people who come here that are from more
1: Western countries. Well, I, I remember telling you this a uh, few days ago. Um,
0: it was about Russia when we talked. But oh yes,
1: that was what Mark Manson said in, in his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. He said is he, he loves uh, Russia. Um, this was before the war as well, so I hope <laughs> I'm not being controversial here. <laughs> but he said he loved um, the way that people Interact with each other in Russia because there's absolutely no bullshit. There's directness. If they don't like something, they'll tell you. And if they do, they'll tell you. So when you get someone's appreciation or someone's true appraisal, it's genuine. Uh, and when you you know it's genuine. Um, and when you get someone shouting at you, you gotta just <laughs> try not take it personal. <laughs> but. Yeah, I think coming from a bit of a more, um, Western perspective where the term snowflake does come for our generation. I'm not going to speak for our generation, but for me uh, personally, I'm a very emotional, sensitive person and I could do with a little bit of directness. (laughs) But sorry, let's go back to your family. Um. So you you lived with your family in Banya up until the age of 10.
0: Yes, it was me, my mom, my dad and my brother and um I don't know maybe I should say more about uh, our educational system. Yeah. Because tell me about your school. So I really wanted to do something with art and I always wanted to do that. So uh, I was art-oriented and I wanted like to be in a high school with something with art, design or just painting and stuff like that. And we don't have that in my hometown or in the bigger town nearby. So I have to either uh, go to Plovdiv, which is like this huge city, like one hour away, uh, or just study something similar in the small town that was closer to Banya.
1: And what age were you deciding this?
0: I was 10 years old. 10. When you were 10? Yes, I was 4th grade and you turned to 5th grade. And then you can go to another school, you go to high school. It's not elementary school anymore. And my brother started university at the same time and he was accepted here at Plovdiv. And he, I think my childhood and the decisions that I made are have Uh, A lot in common with his childhood Because he had to give up On a lot of things Because he had to take care of me We have 10 years difference With Mm him Uh, And he was like a parent to me So he had to give up a lot of things And uh, he missed a lot of opportunities And he didn't want that to happen with me So he was like Well, you're not going to study In this small town nearby Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You're going here in Plovdiv With me
1: so did your brother take on the role as parent?
0: He always had been a parent to me. Because well, my mom was working all the time when I was little, and he used to take me from kin- kindergarten and just um, cooking. He really was like a second dad to me. He was just a, everything, actually. My brother worked at two places. And he, my parents didn't pay for anything, for anything at all. Uh, yeah, and I never wanted money from them. And I still don't want money from them. Uh, so I was pretty independent from a young age. Not only financially, but mentally <laughs> too. And I should be more grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he said, to "You, well, you're not uh, studying there. You're going with me. You live with me. And he found a school for me. I really couldn't do that by myself. I just said, I want to do something with art. And they all knew I was, I started drawing since I was a kid. And he, th- he found a school. Uh, I got accepted. It wasn't art high school, but it has an um, art profile. So we had more art than usual. and. Uh, so there
1: was a real focus on art.
0: Yeah, on art. And the other part was uh, music and dances. So you have art or you can choose music and dances.
1: So you can relate this school a lot to the life of Plovdiv. (laughs) Plovdiv definitely has a very big focus on art and cultural in general, right?
0: And history. There's a lot of history and I think that helps a lot. And um, that's why it's called uh, the city of artists. Mm. Because it is, it's so artistic and when you mix that with history, when you walk, when you pass by just some ancient ruins you can't not get inspired <laughs> it's it's magical really and um, yeah i got accepted and i studied there for three years and i lived with my brother uh, his uh, classmate and another
1: so what was it like age 10 to live with a bunch of students.
0: I really... Were you
1: an alcoholic by 11?
0: <laughs> no. I was alcoholic since like... Pff, maybe like 6.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no that, I'm, joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so what was it like?
0: I don't... I don't know. I don't think it was that weird. And I know it sounds... Uh, very like drastic. It sounds like... But it was a, natural
1: to you at the time.
0: It was natural because I've always been with my brother and my family. were just kind of so similar. And we're not that... Um, as we said, you don't hide anything. You're not fake smiling. If you don't like something, you say it. And it's been always like that with us in my family also. I really um didn't find anything strange with just living with like students. I really didn't didn't find them as students because I wasn't a student. I wasn't in I didn't know what college was. Or just living with my brother as I was before. And as I said, my mom and dad were working a lot, so it wasn't that hard for me to leave them. And uh, by the way, I just want to add that uh, we were going home every weekend, like Mm. every Saturday and Sunday, I was visiting them.
1: So it was kind of like boarding school. Yes. But with your brother.
0: I don't know what that is. Oh, (laughs) boarding (laughs) school
1: is when you go and you you live at school. In South Africa, it's common for uh, kids to do that from high school in a, a big uh, boy school or g- girl school generally um, and you go and you live at school dur- normally for during the week or during the hmm. the term but yes so anyway what did you learn about yourself when you moved age 10 away from your parents
0: i have to trust myself more that i can take more than i think i can always don't doubt don't don't doubt yourself you can you can take more than you think you are stronger than you think and it's clearly when you don't have parents um behind your back um, and you're just facing everything alone and i i i did that a lot i really didn't share anything with my parents or my brother and i was facing many things alone And you think, oh, I can't do this, but then this thing happens and you can do that and then it passes and you're still alive and you're, you're living and you're like, well, I did that. I can do that. So don't doubt yourself that much. You can, you can take a lot.
1: So we're up to age 13 and from there is high school, right?
0: Yes, 13, 14, you have those big exams that kind of determine your future.
1: Ah.
0: Kind of. And you don't know that that's not true. In this moment, you're like, oh, this is the most important thing in my life. But now when I look back, I'm like, that wasn't important at all. You worried too much about that. And maybe after 10 years, I'll be like, oh, you worried too much when you Hmm. were 20.
1: If I'm worried or anxious about something, I just ask, uh, are you going to worry about this in... A week's time, in a year's time, in ten years' time, and most of the time, the answer is no. So I think it's it's a good indicator to try and just, just see where your priorities lie and what you're worried about. And most of the time, we're worried about things.
0: What's going to happen?
1: Exactly. Going back to life with two college students what was it like going into high school
0: so uh, after I got accepted now this is like the big part the big moment when you have huge exams and this uh, determines your future as I said kind of but I picked art high school so
1: the exams determine which high school you're gonna go to yes okay well I mean
0: you have like two huge exams that are Bulgarian and math these are um, mandatory yeah and then if you want to study biology, or if you want to study something with chemistry, chemistry related, or something with history, you, have an, you take another exam. History, biology, or something else. Uh, but with the art high school, it was different. Uh, those exams didn't matter at all. Uh, it mattered the exam that they had. You go there and you paint still life that's it and what whatever you get there that's the important thing it doesn't matter if you have an f in math or bulgarian you can get accepted if you have an a there
1: and how do you feel about examining art when there's a time deadline
0: yes you have to have a time limit i mean that matters and later on we have another exams when you go in ninth tenth eleventh grade you have like figures you draw people. You have like seven hours, which was basically the whole day. Well, wow. you can't just drag time, because that means you probably don't know what you're doing. So if you know how to draw, like let's say a head, you you won't need that much time. And if you need so much time, you either don't know what you're doing, you haven't learned it, or you just have to work on your time. But no, I think it's pretty fair. Uh, and usually kids go to uh, to teachers before that, like um, they have this personal uh, teacher who helps helps them. Mm. And I had that at in my previous school that I was in. I told my teacher, you know, can you help me? I oh, I think I want to go in this high school art high school, and there's this exam, and she used to put like still life uh, on a table with an object, and I would just practice, Which is to have a certain amount of time.
1: So how are you examined in this art high school with your own work? So not in a still drawing, but something that you have to create.
0: Well, it depends because you have a a few profiles. So you can be fine art. You can study uh, painting, graphics, uh, iconography when you make icons. Um, then you have design or graphic design more specifically and now you have something like interior design and uh, when I applied there I applied for graphic design by the way and I had no idea what that was eighth grade I had no idea what I wanted to do I just knew I wanted art and I saw this graphic design it was a mixture between computers and art and I was like well, that sounds cool, I'll take it I had no idea what I was dealing with after that, and I got accepted I was like, oh cool, now I make like um, concept art uh, I'll draw on a computer with like a graphic uh, tablet, it's, it wasn't that uh, later on I understood pff, pff, I have no idea what I'm doing uh, but it really depends in my case, you have all these uh, subjects that are history, uh, biology, math, Bulgarian, and then you have those specific subjects that are like graphic design, drawing, history of art, uh, painting, uh, and I don't and maybe a few others that I don't quite remember. And uh, our teachers were professionals that worked in this uh, area, like graphic designers or artists, and then they were teachers. So they evaluated our works pretty fair of course based on their experience because our graphic design teacher was a graphic designer and you have preferences toward one direction one direction in art so he was pretty old school he was pretty old and his uh, designs were pretty communist socialist like Um, and the way that he drew was just pretty old school and uh, he really liked the Polish poster. So if you have this kind of style, he would say, you know, I really, really like your poster. And yes, he would be like, well, yeah, I like, I like it a lot. But not to the point where he was unfair with others who are completely different.
1: So he respected the fact that minds are different.
0: Yes, he did. And he, I think that the most important thing was the way that he spoke with us. The way that he spoke with us was like we were his colleagues
1: That's
0: cool. so you didn't you don't have this teacher student teacher relationship. Yeah. You have this colleague with a colleague relationship because when you graduate from this high school, you graduate with profession, you graduate with diploma that says, "I graduated high school, and I am a graphic designer now, so you are ready to go and from day one. He really started those monologues when he explained everything about design and how we impor- how important we are and how we should see the world and that we don't we shouldn't see him as a a teacher that he we will be in one field one day and he was pretty right about that and when he judged us he judged us like we were colleagues so he didn't hold held anything back. He was pretty, Bruno, he was just like, he was rude sometimes. He was pretty rude, actually. I kind of (laughs) forgot about that. Yeah, if if he didn't like something, you will know for sure that he didn't like it. Mm.
1: And going back to when you said he he did a lot of communistic art. So how has art transitioned from the communistic times to modern day?
0: Well unfortunately, I think that and specifically for Plovdiv, um, the 70s, like 60s, 70s, 80s of the previous century were the peak of graphic design in Plovdiv. And wow. Yes, we had those uh, Bulgarian graphic design uh, styles that were worldwide famous, uh, that we don't have anymore. And I think that (coughs) we were pretty unstable, uh, talking about uh, art. We were pretty unstable when we moved, when we went from socialism, it wasn't communism, from socialism to democracy. And art just disappeared somewhere along the way. I think we kind of lost our connection with the past and what we have built before and I think that's what I don't like about democracy that you're trying to um, establish like um, yeah, freedom and everyone having the same rights uh, that you can get lost in the way like you can get lost in in freedom it, it just becomes too much or you don't know what to do with it and every and then the chaos comes in the way When you don't know what to do with freedom, it just turns into chaos. Mm. And And
1: what do you mean by chaos?
0: Well, it's sad that there is no word for that in English. But I mean that you just have too much freedom.
1: Like too much choice.
0: Like too much choice, like too much. Just too much. It's too much. It's really bad. Have Hmm. too much. Abundance. Just what we talked about. Hmm. actually
1: and so why do you say that it was socialism
0: not communism i don't think that communism actually existed in the form that we read about
1: tell me about what it was like here in bulgaria
0: well i wasn't born
1: but what (laughs) you so from your i mean we're all talking about our perspectives so what you've been taught from your family
0: uh, that's something interesting, actually. And it reminds me of these two grandpas in the bus when we were at the bus. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm just going to say that real quick, and now answer. Yes, of course. So we were at the bus, uh, and this old grandpa. He was really nice. He was really cute. Uh, he was uh, selling watches. We, me and my roommate we uh, were talking with him and he said you know i'm selling these watches and he started of course he started talking about the old times and he was like oh it was so good during communism uh, everyone looked after each other and then this other grandpa that was behind him turned around and said it wasn't good during communism at all what are you talking about so you have those two people that lived at the same time completely different opinion Mm. about the time so it's not like old people here all of them think the same they don't all say oh it was was so great during the the old days oh he took such a good care of us not not everybody thinks that my grandma doesn't think that my grandma's like oh it was awful now it's way better you can go everywhere you couldn't leave the country Mm. that's one
1: thing that's really interesting analyzing history when it's recent enough to live still in where you are and you might not have been born during those times but you can still kind of not necessarily live in those times but understand more and you're not just reading and watching Oh, you can
0: see the result
1: Hmm.
0: too because you can see if you're wondering why are you why the country is in the state that it's right now the way it is you just have to look back a little bit and understand that we were in those different times and that influenced us a lot i mean not only like a country but our character too like bulgarians and you can kind of understand why we're a bit uh grumpy looking it was because of the past but yeah my grandma was like oh you couldn't really travel anywhere and that was awful
1: so what do they say has changed?
0: Well, it's different because when I'm talking with my art teachers, they see co- communism as something really bad for art because uh first you can't travel. Freedom you can't, of well, you can't speech. go yeah, you can't go to Italy and see all these beautiful sculptures. You can't actually read anywhere about that because it's it's it doesn't say love your country. It's not, it's not, the, the art doesn't work for the country. Uh, so you don't have the books. Uh, you can't go out unless it's something related with uh, just spreading love for your nation and embracing the president and things. And you can't make art. Uh, The way you want to Unless it works for the country So there were people that went to jail Because of uh, Jokes And because of art And that's ridiculous And art was only That's also chaos
1: wouldn't you say
0: Well yes Of (laughs) course So chaos can Actually Can be a result of too much freedom Or no freedom at all
1: Mm. So, everything in moderation.
0: Exactly. Uh, but on the other hand, that was my teacher's opinion. And uh, they're, let's say, they're intellectual. And then we have um, common people, mostly old people, uh, when maybe my mom and dad, but they're somewhere in the middle because, you know, they were.
1: They were young during those times?
0: Well, they were. Um, no, they have their good and bad memories. Memories. They're not. They're not that radical in their opinions, which I find, a f- and that's okay. I think. Mm, I haven't really spoken with them about what was it like. I remember, uh, they talked. They went to more, uh, um, like, uh, going out with the whole school, like green school. You have green school. No that's when you take a like a vacation with all your your class and the teacher and you go somewhere in another uh, city for like a week and you explore the city it's probably history related somehow and they went to a lot of these and of course you have to go to like some monuments that say our country is great uh look what we did and i don't think i need to say that we were so pro-russia i mean
1: well look at the hill that we're sitting on right now right oh yes
0: and uh many streets like the main boulevard here is called ruski which is russian russian boulevard Mm. that's one of the main boulevards in Plovdiv. i don't put that much attention to that because it doesn't really mean anything to me but some people are like it's not a reminder no for me it doesn't really mean anything i didn't even realize that it says russian boulevard
1: hmm.
0: i don't really care it's just it's boulevard it's just a name but for some people some people are really bothered by that they think that this reminds bulgarians that we were uh under russia's ruling russian supremacy In, yes the influence that, Uh, we're still like that, that we depend on them, that uh, we can't get rid of the past and things like that, I don't see it like that but that's my opinion and that's my thinking I don't think it should be changed I don't think you should change the past you can change only the future so if you want to change something then name something new to a Bulgarian football player or something Bulgarian or something different create something new and don't just destroy or change something old yeah i think just when you destroy
1: up. you know they say history can repeat itself so
0: exactly yes
1: and i think that reminder might be a a good thing for Bulgarians i don't know i'm not Bulgarian so <laughs> I, I, again <laughs> i'm coming from a position of an outsider. But from an outsider perspective, what do you think is a misconception about Bulgaria that outsiders may have?
0: Definitely, that we are barbarians. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Because I see those pictures in the internet. Uh, it's, it's just like a picture. When you say Balkans, you see the rakia. you see the table, you see all salads, you see all those <laughs> men drinking listening to loud music just being like this uh peasants kind of yes and you see that image and you think oh my god look they're so poor there oh look what kind of life they're living uh no it's not like that i mean yes we have that but it's not only that i mean i see pretty old people that are so well dressed they like they drive like huge cars and they live in mansions and that's in here it's not like we're this third country it's not like we're we're not barbarians please don't think we're barbarians because we're not no 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 and the other thing that when i said that we're pretty straightforward when i said that when we want to smile we smile and we don't we don't i just want to add that doesn't mean we can't be fake bulgarians gossip a lot i'm sorry if bulgarians hear that you can't say that's not true. Because it's true. Especially uh, old people in small villages, too. Uh, but in the big cities, it's the same. It's the same. It's like in high school, it's just one huge mm. gossip town.
1: I feel like that's human nature, though. Um, mm. It happens everywhere. Unfortunately, it's this curiosity thing. I think we're interested in other people's lives so that we talk about them. But I try not say things About people that I wouldn't say to their face, but we all say that in theory.
0: We all do, but I think the majority of people here do that a lot.
1: Mm.
0: And I don't want it to be true. I don't want this to be part of our character. I hope it's not. But uh, this was one of the reasons one of my best friends moved to study in in Scotland. Because she said that people gossip too much here that uh, people just uh, were talking about you behind your back that people are not happy they don't um, this social service is not good it's just all these things that made her leave so yes I know it's human nature to like gossip and things like that but at the same time it's a bit you see it a lot here
1: so where have we come back from high school to The Christina we have now.
0: So, first of all, I'm 20 years old now. 21. I'm 21. 21 years old. Third year in college, I continued studying graphic design. Now it's graphic design and photography. So I graduated high school with a crisis (laughs) after high school. And... Yeah, I decided to continue studying graphic design, and I stayed in Plovdiv for that.
1: You know, they say that you have to spend 10,000 hours doing something to master something. I say masters with quotation marks with my fingers. But do you feel that it was a big advantage for you to go to an art high school before university?
0: Oh, definitely you can see that from the start from the exam that you have when you're applying for college I had two exams and one of them I I didn't actually had one of them because I already had it in high school so they just used my grade from high school so I was like, ah, cool And but after that when when you meet your classmates you kind of you can see the difference between those who have been in art high school and those who hasn't been who haven't been Yeah. Yeah, those who haven't been in high school in art high school uh, it's just uh, the way they think you can see that they're like you five years ago and you can see that you're a bit more developed because um, you know that you want to do this Well, most of Uh, my classmates didn't know that Uh, so you see it from the start from the exam and then you see it in the way that your classmates think you have those who have been in high school like that and we go through maybe depression more and you have more empathy Uh, and you can see that in those, in the people who have been in our high schools and you see that they know more about art and design and you see this in their works too when we had to make posters you can clearly see who knows how to draw who knows how to use typography a bit better than those who have no idea Uh, who hasn't been in art uh, high schools those who have been in like um, math or just um, high school without a specific profile So you see the difference. Is
1: that a common thing in Bulgaria to have a specific focus for art or for something else in high school? Because it's not common in Ireland or South Africa to have a specific high school just for one area, uh, like you do in university. But in Ireland and South Africa, at least, you have a very generic education system where for your last three years of high school, you have compulsory subjects and then you have additional subjects that are your choice but they're generally like you can do art and design if you wanted but there's not a whole high school just specific to art So there might be a few that I don't know of but it's not very common anyway
0: we have generic high schools as you said that doesn't have anything specific in them and you have those professional high school like our my high school is called national high school of art so you have those that are the generic ones and you have those that are professional ones so you have more grades and you study everything and you don't uh, graduate with uh, two diplomas you graduate with only one which is like uh, you have um, high school education and then the specific ones that are professional high school of something uh, you have two diplomas one that you graduated high school and one that's specific like i'm not a major but it's kind of like a like a major so i had like a graphic design you, you graduate with a profession
1: and now you're in third year of university so what do you think you can do as a future career coming from an art background
0: well i study what i study for a reason So I'll definitely want to be a graphic designer Uh, well right now I'm working at a copy center where we basically do everything it's not just a copy center you you make catalogs you make books you make business cards you make albums Uh, you talk a lot with clients and I can see myself there uh, because I see a lot of potential in that place, and this can turn into like a, oh, like a publishing house. Yeah, this can turn into publishing house. So I can see myself working in a publishing house, or I can see myself. Well, now I'm dreaming. I can see myself working in this big company that does huge projects, uh, that makes like um, the public theater posters that make campaigns about something about the city or, or something in another country and I see definitely see myself uh, as a professor that had like that uh, teaches graphic design or just something design related or just something art related not specifically graphic you want to teach I want to teach a lot as I said we were really good at design um, last few decades of the previous century and we lost that, um and I want to revive that again, and I feel that there are people here that have a lot of passion about art and about design, but there is no one to actually lead them, or at least there's nobody who can say, "Hey, I see you, let's do something together. Let's create something um, that has a structure because everybody creates something small and doesn't really show that to anyone. And you can see that with our university structure too, it's a bit of a mess. Hopefully no one from the university will hear this. No, they should hear that, (laughs) actually. There isn't really a structure and printers or just space, we don't have enough space. Many of the professors don't really care and some of them care a lot. And uh, we want to make some sort of changes in the structure. But nobody's actually doing anything about it. We're just kind of talking a little bit from time to time. And I see other colleagues from uh, different years that speak about that too. But just there is no uh, community. Yeah, we miss community. And I want to be the person who creates that. And not only the students, but just that's why I want to be a professor so I can change administration and just break that connection that um, the barrier between student and professor. I wanted to be like our teacher in high school who was like, well, we are, we are colleagues now. Yeah. We're our colleagues. No, that's really You can work together.
1: Now, I've heard this from a few people having spent a lot of time here. Do you think that a lot of influential people from Bulgaria leave?
0: I think they do yes and I don't know why maybe well it's their right to do so Uh, maybe they just don't want to don't want to deal with what's happening here and they just want to live their life Uh, and I understand that because it takes a lot of effort to actually stay here and just take care of the things that nobody takes care of, and just look for only for yourself. I mean, if you see a better future for you and your family, if you have family, well, of course you go there. You won't stay here. It just seems logical. But I really don't want to leave. I see the good in people here. I, see, I can see it, and I believe in people. I'm a Renaissance person. <laughs>
1: What is your legacy that you'd like to leave behind?
0: Well of course I would like to leave many works uh, and just more connections. If I don't make something genius, if I don't create anything like massive that would change everything here, I would love to be that one person that influenced someone who did that. So you know in Star Wars now I'll say about Star Wars. Uh, I don't remember who said that, but it was... I want to be something like Princess Leia. And they said something uh, like... Um, I want to be this spark that light the fire of the rebellions. Hmm. It was something like that. I don't quite remember. But yes, that would be pretty, pretty cool, I think.
1: Be that little change to maybe create a big one. Exactly. That's cool. That's cool. Well, Christina, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, thanks for sharing me a bit of Bulgaria and teaching me a bit of Bulgaria.
0: Oh, you know a lot about Bulgaria. So thank you for coming here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks again for tuning into that episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, if you'd like to see a bit of our Bulgarian shenanigans... We've got some Instagram posts on our account, ReflectionsMedia underscore IG. And as always, you can have a look at any of the Reflections related material in the episode description below. So appreciate you tuning in with me today and see you next time.